This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for an RFR, a Raiders fan radio conversation. Uh, I am so thankful tonight to bring in uh, an old friend of the show, uh, a guy who we talked to way back when. The last time was episode number 44. We're now going up on episode number 193 of Raiders Fan Radio Live. And now, but back at episode number 44, August 27th, 2017 was the last time we spoke to him. He was a fledgling writer. It was a fledgling website and has now gone on to great success. And I'm talking about our good buddy, old friend of the show. He's not old, but he's an old friend of the show. Mario Tovar from RaiderRamble.com. What's up, Mario? I knew it, man. Happy to be back. Yeah, man. It's been a long time. So uh, before we jump into all this Raider talk, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. Well, last time, like you said, I was way back when, man, almost three years ago. Time flew by. Uh, since then, I, the site has been doing great. I mean, in three years, uh, don't want to throw out too many numbers, but let's just say we're in the millions. So wow. things have gone pretty, they've gone pretty well for us. I've been blessed, though, to be honest, real quickly, with a bunch of great writers, man, have come through the Raider Ramble. You know, so many, I can't even name them. Uh, in particular, though, my partner, uh, Carlos Sanchez, He's helped, uh, been tremendous, you know, with the site. Uh, yeah, man, just very grateful, you know, very grateful. So you're saying that uh, back when you were a fledgling site and you came onto this show on the Raiders Fan Radio, our tens and tens of listeners propelled you to millions of, of readers of greatness? Uh, you know what's funny, Murph? Uh, I'm not even uh, ball washing or anything. <laughs> literally, when you had me, when you guys had me on your show that same day when you guys published your episode, the site got a thousand views just from you guys. Oh, cool. And we know, and we know it was from you guys because they came out of nowhere. Like they weren't traced by the search engines. So we're like, okay, so definitely Raiders fan radio had a hand in that. Oh, right on, man. Well, that, that's awesome, man. And, and I, I appreciate that. And, and yeah, we've, um, our show has grown too, man. Like we've, we've, uh, it's been a, it's been a big, uh, we've, we've doing this video thing now. Like I mentioned to you off air there, you know, we're now broadcasting to Twitch, which is like, it wasn't my idea. I'm a 47 year old man. I got, I'm like, I got no business on Twitch, but I have two teenage boys and they're like, dad, why aren't you on Twitch? Cause like, we put out our show to YouTube and all these other places. And he's like, why aren't you on Twitch? And I'm like, wasn't that like a gaming thing? And they're like, nah, everybody's on Twitch now. You need to go put your show on Twitch. And I'm like, 
all right so i'm like so here we are so <laughs> like so oh, yeah. so yeah but uh we haven't you're the first um live interview that we've done on twitch so uh so congratulations on being the guinea pig here with us <laughs> well thanks for the honor and i can honestly say though twitch is the next big video platform it already is one of the big uh video platforms along with youtube obviously yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. I'm like, well, you know, I'm gonna go to where the people are, and uh, and if there's people on Twitch and they're Raider fans, like we're gonna find them because even if I am a, a middle aged man, I still might be talking about their favorite football team, and maybe that'll give them an excuse to kind of connect with us here. So, anyways, um, but thank you for coming back on. Um, so this will is as obviously it's a live show here on the Twitch, but then we're also gonna release this as part of our normal audio podcast, which now we're part of Blue Wire Podcast Network, which is very cool. But enough about us. I want to hear about you first off before we jump into these raider topics tell everybody where they can find you tell them where they can find raider ramble uh any plugs you want to throw out there go ahead man platform's yours uh well you can probably just find everything that has to do with the raider ramble just simply go to raiderramble.com there you'll find all of our social media links to twitter instagram facebook uh, we're pretty much everywhere as far as uh, social media you know just sharing our content all over the place as we always have uh, we've been blessed to have nice followings pretty much on all of our platforms. So that's always nice. Uh, as far as where to follow us, yeah, just go to the site. It'll point you, it'll point you, uh, point you where to go. All right, good deal. All right, well, so the reason we had you on way back when and the reason that we want to have you on now is that you bring an awesome perspective uh, from Raider Nation and uh, a great, uh, you know, analytical uh, a writer. Uh, I've really gotten a, a kick out of your writing over the years. I try not to read too, frankly, like a too much, like I'll dip in once in a while. Um, but just like, I don't listen to other podcasts because I don't want your ideas to become then mine and have me just regurgitate things that I read Mario say, but, but I do want to bring up a few things because, um, you, you, you got some great articles you wrote recently that I want to get into, but before we get into those articles though, just kind of give me your overall thoughts on the Raiders 2020 season. How did you feel John Gruden year three, you know, um, although it, we were all, well, at least not all, but some of us were a little let down at eight and eight. It was a three-year improvement. We've been getting better over the, the, the three-year period. And John Gruden's literally the only Raider coach to improve record all three years of his existence as Raiders head coach. So just kind of give me your vibe on what the, the last season felt like for you. Well, I think before the season I had said either nine and seven or eight and eight. So it was kind of like almost on the, on the dot there. Uh, it was a little bit disappointing, clearly. The, they fell apart again late in the season, which has become – sadly a trademark of Gruden if you really think about it and it goes back all the way to his uh Tampa years one of our writers actually Michael Retta he actually did write a, a really good article recently on that he traced it all the way back to his days in Tampa with these late season collapses you know you'll start off great and the wheels just fall off I think it was very disappointing because we saw the offense take great leaps especially with Derek Carr you know I know he's probably the most <laughs> divisive topic amongst uh, Raider fans, especially on social media and Twitter. But, I mean, you've got to give credit where, where it's due. He had a really efficient season, man. It was very impressive. Obviously, Darren Waller and future, probably, in my opinion, was the offensive MVP of this team, other than Carr, but certainly Darren Waller. You know what I mean? The emergence of those guys. The biggest concern, I think, the offense is the run game, though. Uh, not as dominant as it was last year. 
I know the, the situation at guard is not really optimal right now with Incognito might not coming back. You know, Ronnie Hudson looked good, but not as dominant as he has in the past. I think we can all agree that, well, at least in the run game is what I'm referring to. And then with the defense, I mean, oh, man, <laughs> what can you say, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a rough season for sure defensively, man. Watching uh, our team collapse in the in the in the second and fourth quarters, seemingly every week. So, so that said, you know uh, the Raiders fire Gunther uh, partway through the season. Uh, former defensive coordinator now bringing Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley uh, most recently was the defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Chargers. And when we look at Bradley and we look at his track record. His defenses typically finish in the top 10 in either yards allowed or points. So that's a good thing for the Raiders, considering that we usually finish last or towards the end of the, the bottom of the league in those categories. Do you feel like if, if Gus Bradley is able to improve one or the other, that that at least and makes like just one of those categories a top 10 that that makes our defense if you were to take the 2020 Raiders and replicate them and move them in to 2021 would that make us competitive competitive enough to win that extra three games to be a playoff contender well for sure if he can flip it but I mean the biggest issue with them moving forward is fixing the pass defense I think that's by far that should be the priority in my humble opinion I think the pass defense is the one that needs the most attention, you know, having Joyner forcing Joyner to be in the slot, you know, that's what Gunther was doing. That clearly was backfiring, and yet he insisted on it week in and week out. You know, I mean, little things like that. The pass rush is definitely concerning. Uh, Max Crosby only had seven sacks, so you literally had no Raiders come even close to double-digit sacks, which is concerning. I know people like to say that sacks aren't the end-all, be-all of a defense, which is fair. Because when you look at Cleveland Farrell's film, he looked really good this year. He showed a lot of progression. The thing is, pressures, QB pressures aren't always, you know, the most convincing, you know, stat. A lot of guys just like the sacks. You know, that's the sexy stat, I guess you could say. Yeah, heck, the Titans didn't have any sacks all year long either. And look at, they won their damn division, yeah. And the thing with Bradley, too, that I do get the feel from, you know, just talking to fans and readers and stuff, I think their biggest takeaway from uh, Bradley, or not takeaway, but maybe the biggest concern is his lack of blitzing. I mean, I can personally, too, I would have wanted more blitzing all year, too. But I think Raider fans are going to have to accept the fact that that's probably not going to change in 2021 either. You know what I mean? It's going to be more of Bradley's scheme and hopefully, like I said, fixing the pass defense. Because if you really think about it, they don't necessarily need an elite defense, you know, per se. Not that they're going to have one, but like you said, a middle of the maybe top 15 defense. I think that definitely can get them those extra three games. Yeah. And that's really, frankly, all, all it would take. You remember my old co-host, Sonny, uh, my cousin, mm-hmm. Sonny, you yeah. know, that's what he's been saying all year long, or at least since, since the season ended is he was like, if we are like, like just a handful of slots better in any of the major defensive categories, like how many wins does that equate to? Because how many wins or how many losses um, did the, that lack of production defensively equate mm-hmm. to? And and, I, and I'm with you on 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 Bradley um, in terms of like the blitzing thing. Like people like it because it's exciting and people love seeing Jonathan mm-hmm. Abram coming yeah. in off the edge and like things like that. But really, like 
it, what are we going to do to keep people at the end zone? Like, that's really what's more important to me is that, like, how are yeah. we going to keep people from scoring points? And that's like what the, the Titans defense does. I keep bringing them up, but they're a great example of a team that didn't do a lot of blitzing, didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, but they were keeping people out of the end zone. And granted, um, they kind of fell apart there at the end last week against the Ravens. But yeah. And that's why it said, too, it's like the pass defense should really be the priority because, look, no disrespect to Eric Harris, but he should not be the starting safety on any NFL team. He provides great depth, but not your everyday starter. You know what I mean? So they, that's why I've been saying, too, safety should be in at least top three needs going into April by far. You know what I mean? Safety. Fixing that whole issue. Maybe moving over. Uh, Join it, like I said, back to his natural position is one. Uh, the other concerning thing is Damon Arnett. They used a first-round pick on him. Uh, I get the guy was injured, you know, that he had a rough going there with COVID. That's no joke either, you know, but uh, didn't for where he got drafted that I would be concerned. That's just my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you, you know, f- considering that, that we do need to, once again, focus on mm-hmm. defense, the Raiders could use to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really liking this whole notion because we haven't seen this in a long, long time, this whole notion of what, I guess we we've seen it out of out of Reggie McKenzie. I'll back that that my comments getting ready to come up mm-hmm. here a little bit, but like um, the whole draft and develop thing that we we see going on with Mike Mayock, the the acquisition of picks. They're not um, yes, they did uh, sign a lot of free agents last year, and they were very active in free agency. But it didn't feel mm-hmm. like that was the focus. It didn't feel like like it felt like the dependency on the Raider roster and the building of this team now has been on the draft. And it's the, you know, the, the drafting of these young men with character and obviously a lot of physical ability and then bring them in, coach them up and you get, you know, guys like Max Crosby. So like, I, I love that kind of that rhythm that the Raiders are in that said the deficits are to the point where we're going to need to focus once again for, to some uh, key free agent signings. Um, there's lots and lots of rumors out there already. The challenge for the Raiders will be, is as you detailed in uh, in your article, what you had a couple of them here recently, um, mm-hmm. but you 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 note in here that uh, that the Raiders are currently seven million dollars over the projected salary cap. We know the salary cap's going to drop down. We don't know to what extent yet because of the COVID year. We know the salary cap's coming down, but by all mm-hmm. intents and purposes, it looks like they're going to be seven million over, um, as you detailed. So that said. If the Raiders want to be players in free agency, they're going to have to make some moves to cut back. And again, you also in, I don't know if it was, I can't remember if it was the same article or different article that I read, but these are all your, your articles that you wrote. Um, Richie Incognito um, uh, is, is owed $6 million. We can get, we can cut him and move on from him. We can cut Trent Brown at 14 million. That right there gives us 14 or almost 14 million plus in salary cap. And then you mentioned like there's a couple targets in there. Then I want to hear. But, but see, that's the issue. Okay, please. That's what I because that was what I was trying to point out too. Where everyone pretty much fans writers, we're all in agreement. Defense is the priority. Whether it's draft, whether it's free agency. I know right now the popular thing with the fans are saying is that if uh, the Raiders don't go all defense in the draft, it will be a, fl- a failure. But here's the thing. The two big ones you just mentioned, Incognito and especially Trent Brown, and actually the guy I've been talking about today, uh, Joyner, those are the three of the most expensive contracts on the books right now, other than obviously Derek Carr. But here's the issue. If you move on from Brown and Incognito, both of these guys, 
then what do you do with the offensive line? You know, I wrote an article recently on Just Blog, maybe actually addressing the fact that, oh, well, we cut ties with these guys. Maybe they should invest in one of the uh, premier guards, one of the top two guys. Then everybody was saying, well, we don't need offensive line. Well, if you want to fix the defense, where's the money going to come from? You know what I mean? So that's the thing. It's like if you get rid of Brown and Incognito, that's, you know, mind you, obviously Brown hasn't been the healthiest. He hasn't played certainly hasn't lived up to that contract, let's just say. But when he's on the field, I mean, no one can deny he really is one of the at least top three to five tackles in the NFL. You know what I mean? When he's healthy, when he's on the field. Incognito, we saw what he did with the run game, and we certainly saw what happened to the run game when he wasn't playing. That was huge. I think that's the other that thing was that huge. a lot of people yeah. – that was huge. It's like, well – you move on from these guys, great. You have a lot of more, you know, financial flexibility, like you know, you were saying, Murph, but then what do you do with the money? You're gonna put it on the defense. What about your offensive line? You know, we've seen Derek Carr needs top tier protection. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. He 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 needs that to excel. He needs the time. What do you do then? You're gonna draft a tackle or a guard. It's you know, that's the thing. It's not a very uh, how do you say this? It's not a very favorable position you know what i mean it's right, it is yeah. what it, you know it's it's unfortunate but they do have to find a way if me personally i would keep brown just because the upside when he's on the field i mean man you can't deny his impact you know with incognito i think it's the age certainly i think that's the one you have to take into account as far as the age oh, but, is he gonna man, be like 37 i believe 38 yeah 38 so yeah so it's i mean yeah. that's for football years, you know, to me, that's still a young man, but like in football years, that's old, man. Like you're old. Like, yeah, cause he did great last year, obviously, but you know, he t- got taken on early. That's the thing. It's like, you know, is he willing to take a pick? I, mean, I wouldn't, you know, he certainly could still probably command uh starting money elsewhere, but you know, that's the thing. Unless he retires on his own, then obviously there, therein lies that solution. Right. Right. And, you know, and then you're, I think that, you know, from the guys that we already have in, in house, you know, you look, you got Denzel good, you got, uh, you know, of course, Brandon Parker, like there are yeah. suitable, there is suitable depth. I think is what we saw this year, but I'm with you. If we, if we move on from those guys, we're definitely gonna have to address it one way or the other. And so there's the conundrum right now. So let me ask you exactly. this though, to go back to the, to the defensive side, let's assume that uh, maybe we move on from one of them. Maybe Incognito takes care of himself, and then we still paying Trent Brown. Um, you know, maybe they restructure some deals. I mean, that's probably going to be the way that I would think that the Raiders are going to. They're not going to look. People calling for Derek Carr to get moved on from whatever. Look, Derek Carr is your quarterback. Derek Carr is your quarterback. John Gruden's your coach. Mark Davis is your owner, and Mike Mayock's your GM. That isn't going to change. So, yeah. but can they restructure a deal somewhere? Um, can they restructure? Yes. Can they move on from a, somebody like maybe a joiner or fringe players like Eric Harris probably gone? Oh, yes. Definitely. Like yeah. all those yeah. things are going to happen. So we're going to make some room. So let me ask you this. Now, I'm going to kind of set up a couple of your articles here, but like I, and going through the NFL free agent list on defense for this year, let me read you some names. Now, listen, there's some serious names on this list. And I think if you oh, pick sure. any, <laughs> yeah. any two names off this list, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you this list and then give me two names, and then I'm going to ask you some other questions more in line with, with one of the articles you wrote, actually two of them. So first off, okay, so here, here's a list of 11 names, okay? Von Miller, Leonard Williams, Melvin Ingram, Matthew Judon, Bud Dupree, Shaq Barrett, 
Justin Simmons, Justin Houston, Yannick Ngakwe, Pat Peterson, and Tyrone Crawford. Dude, I'm looking at this list and I'm like, give me any two of those guys, and all of a sudden the complexion of our defense changes. Who are that? Oh, most definitely. Right? Yeah. So who on oh, that list of the, the two guys stands sure. out to you? Yeah, Justin Simmons, man. That's the one. Obviously, though, that's the thing that's going to be the money. You know, that's... That's money. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, I think most fans who understand, you know, how terrible the past defense has been for the last two, three years, especially basically since Gunther was the defensive coordinator, if you think about it, uh, he would certainly, certainly be at the top of the list. Williams, too, uh Look, we saw what happened with Malik Collins. That was turned out to probably be the worst free agent signing. You know, it was very disappointing. I, I myself, like most, a lot of other fans too, they were pretty excited considering his connection with Marinelli, you know, the Cowboys pipeline, all that. But it turned out that, I mean, he was just absolutely terrible. Uh, he was probably the worst graded player, I believe, on like pro football focus. I know a lot of people don't like PFF, but that does account for something, you know, and he was the worst rated player on there, one of the worst rated players on there for the Raiders. Uh, so definitely Leonard, he would have to be, if I was the GM, obviously I'm not, but they need interior pressure. You know, they need that interior defensive lineman. That's why also, too, I have written to, I forget which site, as far as them drafting high first round an interior lineman, defensive lineman, I think that should be one of the priorities, too. You know, a lot of I know a lot of fans are high on uh, the kid from Alabama, Barmore. Oh, uh, yeah. Beast. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. That should be the two key positions, in my opinion. Safety, interior lineman. You know, they have some pieces at linebacker now. I know a lot of people uh, tend to forget that, but we saw what Nick, Nick K did last year. He's solid, man. He really is the defensive uh, leader back there moving forward. You know, I'm also I haven't given up on Littleton yet. I think the change of scheme and I think Bradley coming in, I think he's going to get he'll, he'll bounce back. I don't know if he'll bounce back to the level he was with the Rams. But if you've read his recent interviews, he really is still fired up. He really does believe he's still one of the top linebackers in the NFL, you know, when he was prior to joining the Raiders. So I still believe in him. They have some young pieces like Nick Morrow back there, too. So the linebacker position, I'm not too worried about anymore. I think they're okay for now. They still have Raekwon McMillan, too. He could come back. So moving forward, definitely. And one of the top interior linemen or a safety by far. Yeah, man, I, that's a good sentiment. And I, I appreciate what you said about Corey Littleton because I'm with you. And I really – I'm all about accountability, man. And he was accountable mm-hmm. to himself. And, you know, and he was, the, he was the first one to put his hand up and say, look, you know, my season didn't go the way that I wanted to. I know the fans was, weren't happy. I know the coaching, wasn't ha- coaching staff wasn't happy. Like, I'm, I'm better than that. And I think that, that, mm-hmm. um, that there's a lot to be said for that because I think that if he were to come out and said, you know – like, and he kind of did. They were veiled shots at the previous defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther, but he kind of took a, f- a few shots at Gunther, you know, and, and we heard from like a buddy of ours, Will Compton, former Raider linebacker, that these guys were not really set up for success at the linebacking or linebacker position from Gunther, that they were asked to do a lot of things that maybe they hadn't worked on in practice, maybe they hadn't things they hadn't installed, and then like, you know, they're calling in these things and these guys are, they don't know what they're doing, and so they're not able to play as fast. And I think that, um, Littleton very easily could have thrown Gunther under the bus, but he didn't. He just took it on himself, and I think that there's a lot to to be said for that. And I got a lot yeah, of respect. But to be fair, in uh, Littleton's defense, <laughs> who wasn't out of place? On that radio yeah, show? right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and it's funny you mentioned free agency. Uh, I believe it was uh, Mo Moden from uh, Bleacher Report. He pointed out right away 
um, you know, right after Bradley's hiring, he made a great point, man, about Vic Beasley and Tech McKinley. You know, they're still in the roster technically. They're, you know, they're still Raiders. He says he wouldn't be surprised if they move forward with those guys. That's another thing, too. I've been covering a lot of, like, the uh, edge prospects lately, you know, and I did a couple pieces on some uh, free agent uh, edge rushers, too. But after I saw that point, he actually – I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders don't really go after any – edge rushers in free agency i mean who knows they might even pass on it too in the draft what if they feel that they have enough in defensive line talent in-house already you know because that's definitely one approach they could take you know we were just talking about malik collins right uh, he had a terrible year i wouldn't be surprised he came back man <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> I, well he's got a, <laughs> he's got a big contract i think that he's coming back for sure now to what level will we'll, we'll certainly to be seen, but he's a young man. Like he's only what 25, 26 yeah, years yeah. old. Like he's. I mean, so, I would hate to. I would hate for them to let uh, Jonathan Hankins go, because he's one of the few bright spots stopping the run. Man, he's probably one of the best at st- you know stuffing the run in the NFL. But I wouldn't be surprised if they lost him. Unfortunately, I think he could command some serious money. You know, elsewhere. Yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna be a big loss because then you got to replace him. We've seen Maurice Hurst. Uh, basically, he shines. He's promising, but. He really just comes and goes. You know, we've seen that the staff just doesn't commit to him, whether it's his health or maybe they see something we don't. You know, obviously we're not in the practice field, but he just, you know, he Although, comes and goes. So that's a big void right there. Well, the rub on him, they say, is that, it, you know, he's he's got shorter arms and he's not real strong, upper body. Like, compa- and mm-hmm. compared to me, he's way strong. But, like, compared to, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. he could throw me across this room, across the fan cave here. But, like, but in terms of NFL strength, that's that's the knock on him. And that when he's mm-hmm. d- dependent on, on him to get that interior pass rush or that interior push, that he's not able to, to, to create that. Um, whereas if he was paired up next to somebody like, I don't know Leonard Williams. Then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. then you start to you see start to see Maurice Hurst shine a little bit. Now, so speaking of that, now you made a comment that you weren't sure if the Raiders would consider going after edge rusher, but like uh, kind of what kicked off this portion of our conversation. If we were to take any of the two names off that list that I read to you, what about this, Mario? Now, look, if you take Leonard Williams, okay, and again, mm-hmm. I know these guys. I'm just I'm playing with monopoly money. I'm, we're, we're, yeah. we're pretending we're spitballing. We're pretending like the salary cap, the struct, the, the 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 contracts have been restructured, and we got money. Okay, you sign Leonard Williams, and then you sign Melvin Ingram to go on the other side of Max Crosby, and you got Cleveland Farrell, who we know can also play inside. So you got guys like Malik Collins, Mo Hurst. Cleveland Farrell kicking inside Melvin Ingram, Max Crosby coming off the edge. Like you with me, like that all of a sudden, like that front four fives are certainly seven gets really, really badass. And I, and I, I, I hear what you're saying though. Like, and I think that the coaching staff does have a lot of confidence in the guys that are in that are guys that are there, but look, Arden Key, man, I've been rooting for that guy ever since we drafted him, but he just never panned out. He's always like two steps behind. And then when he does catch up to the quarterback, he catches him in the face, and we freaking lose football games with 19 seconds left on the clock. Like, I hate to pin that one loss on him, and football never comes down to one play, except sometimes it comes down to one play. Like, and so... You know, I don't know. Just what do you think, man? Like, what do you wait, wait, look at some of the? I mean, Von Miller, Melvin Ingram, Judon. Like, well, I recently looked into Ingram. I wrote about him. Okay. Uh, for you know, at our site at Greater Ramble. Uh, 
the knock on him is obviously the age. You know, that's understandable. That's the one thing that everybody pointed out. You know, pointing out the obvious is his age and his declining health. But just based on his pass rushing alone, you know, let's say he's, the Raiders pick him up, let's say Ingram. He's not going to be an every down edge rusher. I mean, obviously. No, you know, he's, he's your third down guy, guy, right? He's your third. He's your third down guy. There's no reason why he still can't excel. I think people forget, man. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. You know what I'm saying? And in 2019, before obviously 2020, we saw his health really take a nosedive. But in uh, 2019, he still had the 11 tackles for a loss in those 13 games that he did play, along with the uh, seven sacks, which is how much the Raiders leading sack leader got this year. Right, so, right. I mean, a little bit of perspective. I know some people are going, oh, come on, you can't. But, I mean, it's a little bit of perspective what he can still bring in the right position if he's healthy. You know, obviously, I, Ingram's not going to command any big money, and, and no team should be paying him and a large contract or anything. But if the Raiders can get him on the cheap for a one-year deal, why not? You know I mean? You're going to tell me he doesn't have anything in the, left in the tank? I mean, why not? Absolutely. And that's, and that's kind of where I'm at too. And so if they can get him on it, like, a, I don't want to say to bargain, but if they can get him at a reduced rate, because yes, he is older and yes, he is going to be situational. Like, but that might be like, that might be enough. Like, cause that's, that's I, I hate bringing up his name and, and no, he's not coming back either Raider nation. And I'm talking about Khalil Mack. He's not coming back. Like, <laughs> but what, what I think that the, we missed most about Khalil Mack is that he was our closer. When we needed that sack on third down, when we needed that key turnover, the guy to pick off Cam Newton and run it into the end zone to beat the Panthers, when we needed that guy, that type of player, to close out the game, Mack was the guy. And if I'm not comparing Melvin Ingram to Khalil Mack, but what I am saying is that he could provide that closer-type capability. That guy to come up with the big play on third down when it's third and 11 and the game is on the line, that's the guy you need like that. And so I'm just thinking maybe out loud, they could, uh, you know, they, they could backfill with some of those names. Now that's all that hey, said with that comparison. I was about to stop you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. I'm not comparing well, you know, the two. It, no, it, it could be too though, that, uh, if they decide not to pursue any of the, uh, the household names at edge, like I said, maybe they're comfortable with Beasley and McKinley moving forward. You know, that could, that's certainly a possibility. Obviously, Farrell and uh, Crosby aren't going anywhere. Those guys are their foundational pieces. I think that's why everybody keeps harping on the fact that they need that key elite uh, interior lineman. They, people feel that, even me, if they were to have that, that would make a world of difference. They, they haven't had that, you know? If you have the guy in the middle that can provide that type of pressure, that frees up everybody else, you know? Now, whether it's Leonard Williams, whether it's Barmore, whether it's somebody in the draft, that is up to the Raiders. You know, that's why they have their scouting department. That's why they have Mayock, you know? Well, and you also brought up something else interesting in this article, and I wanna, I'd want like to note this, because I, I wasn't familiar with this guy, um, but you wrote about, uh, and, and, and we're talking to Mario Tovar from RaiderRamble.com. Go read their stuff. It's awesome. So on RaiderRamble.com, you wrote this article about Romeo Oquara. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Oquara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you wrote the 25-year-old defensive end still has a lot of upside after stints with the Lions and the Giants. Uh, PFF predicts that Okwara could sign for three years, $10 million guaranteed. Depending on how much the Raiders can clear in their cap and how much they value sacks, 
this could be a tad much. Um, and then there's the possibility, as you just noted, that uh, they might just want to stick with, with Beasley and McKinley. But now tell me about this guy, Okwara. I wasn't familiar with him. And what was it about him that you feel that would appeal to the Raiders and to Gus Bradley? I think it would be more so the production that you saw from him at the uh, towards the end of the 2020 season. That's why I said uh, he's one of these guys that he can be fool's gold or he can strike rich. It's just hit or miss. But just because he struggled before that, you know, PFF pointed out the whole thing about 1,000 snaps uh, earlier in the season. He basically was a below average guy, but he came on strong. Basically, after week 12, that's when he just – came on fire and if you look at his final stat line it is very impressive with 10 sacks and 11 uh, 11 tackles for a loss you know along with forcing three fumbles that's excellent production you're telling me the Raiders can't use that of course they can use that but the thing about these type of signings is like I said it could be fool's gold you know it could be it could be a guy looking to cash out you know and all of a sudden we could be a Malik Collins situation all over again, right? Exactly, and that's the thing. Obviously, I love the production. That's a great stat line, just by, you know, without even looking at film or anything like that. And the other upside with him, too, though, is that he's still relatively young. That's the other thing. You know, the Raiders can't afford to go back to the old ways of signing guys uh, on their third contracts, if that makes sense. You know, they still yes. need, they need those guys in those second. He's only 25 years old, man. You know, so he still has a lot of the upside if he's put in the right situation. You know, we're not talking about we were just talking about Ingram. You know, look how old he is. Look all the miles on that. You know, on his tires. But if it were up to me, I would definitely take Ingram just because of what he knows. We all know what he'll bring to us if he's healthy. That's the thing. If he's healthy. But like you said, they need that closer, that third down closer. All right, let's go to the other side of the ball. I'm asking about one more. We'll be sensitive to your time. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Mario Tovar from RaiderRamble.com. Mario, thank you so much for, for joining us here. It's only been three years since you've been on the show. Like, what's the hurry to come back on, man? What the heck? Yeah, I'm waiting for the invite, man. I know, and, 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 that's, and that's on me, and we will definitely get you back on uh, more often because it's great. I appreciate the time, man. Absolutely. Well, and the insight is fantastic, and, and, and your work is great. So one last one before we get out of here. Um, Okay, so you just go the other side of the ball. The Raiders, uh, some people are talking. We might lose Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar, um, our number two receiver in terms of catches because uh, Hunter Renfro was number one. But in terms of yardage, uh, Aguilar was, 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 was number one in terms of wide receivers. And then, of course, our overall uh, best pass catcher this year is Darren Waller. But yeah. the, the idea that Na- Aguilar showed that the dropsies that he had in Philly were gone. He's got the capability to take the top off of a defense. He's fast enough. He's got solid hands. The guy was a gamer for us. In uh, losing um, Ty Williams and the development year for Henry Ruggs, like this, he showed up. Same thing, development year for Brian Edwards. So N- Nelson Aguilar was, was fantastic in this season. Now, that's probably going to earn him a big payday. That may not be with the Raiders. So the Raiders are going to be into a position where they might need to backfill. Um, Zay Jones is probably gone so we're gonna have to probably bring in someone and they like their vets and like and you want to have a good veteran presence in the locker room so that leads me to your article where you wrote about brashad perryman now this one kind of this one took me by surprise so let me read uh what you wrote here um a victim of playing for the 2020 jets 
Perryman yeah. could be a solid addition. He was 26th overall selection in 2015 and got off to a slow start, and it wasn't until he was with Tampa Bay that he finally shined. So that year in Tampa Bay, and this is playing with Jameis, um, I believe, he accumulated yeah. 645 receiving yards off 36 receptions and six touchdowns, and he had zero drops that year to go along with 29 first-down conversions. So – now look, I just you said it there at the top. He was a victim of playing for the Jets. Rashad Perryman was not on my radar at all. So is he on other teams' radar? And what led you to like gravitate towards him as being a potential replacement for Nelson Aguilar? I think it was more so about I was looking at their offense like we were talking about now. Uh, the possibility, I think more than likely Ty Williams is gone. I think that's a lot of money right there for a guy that simply has just can't stay what, healthy, what, which what is, is that, unfortunate. What is that contract? How much is that savings for the Raiders? Do you know I off the top of your head? I have to look that up. I know it's one. It's certainly in the top 10. I know that I'm looking up the uh, It's like the $12 million or something, contract. probably. Yeah, it's up there. But see, that's the thing. When he did play, man, he had that streak of the five straight games with a touchdown. So he was definitely showing to be, you know, he wasn't Antonio Brown by any stretch, but he was certainly going to hold the fort, you know? And obviously, like you pointed out right now, everybody knows other than Waller, Nelson Aguilar was, you know, by default, he was the top wide receiver on this team. The problem is, you know, he, I would assume he will command some serious money. You know, which way do the Raiders go? The thing is with Aguilar too is, well, how much money is he going to command? You know, if he is going to really get, asking for that sort of number one wide receiver type of money, I seriously doubt the Raiders will cough up that level of money for Aguilar, which isn't a knock on him. The man earned it. Yeah, he had a spectacular Absolutely. Bouncing back. But see, that's the thing. That's why I was looking at wide receiver. A lot of people aren't really looking at receiver right now because, look, like you said, you have Ruggs, you got Renfro, you got Edwards. Those are your three guys moving forward. But who's your big play guy? Who's the guy that's going to – that veteran, you know, present? That's why – uh Rashad came to mind, but you know who else came to mind too is the guy that's playing for the Browns right now, Higgins. I think he, if I had to choose between Higgins and Perriman, I would definitely go with uh, Rashad Higgins just based on age, based on the production. You know, like I said, I know Perriman was, uh, he was a victim of playing for the, uh, for the New York Jets, probably one of the worst teams in the last few years, if, if historically one of the worst teams. So certainly, hey, they almost beat yeah, us, man. Yeah. They're pretty freaking good, yes. right? <laughs> that's the thing too, <laughs> you know. But with with Higgins from the Browns, I, I mean, if I had to choose, you know, which route, I think looking at it, you know, as far as upside, you know, you know what you're going to get with Higgins. You're going to get a, a young guy that really shined once uh, Beckham went down. You know, in the 13 games that he's played, along with the six starts, I mean, he has pretty much. 600 receiving yards and four touchdowns. But the thing that I really looked at was his big playability. If you were to look up his film and the fact that he averaged 16.2 yards per reception, that's pretty big, man. That's that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to say is that if Aguilar Williams are gone, who's going to be your big play guy? Everybody wants to assume that it's rugs, but I mean, uh, no disrespect, but Gruden showed this year he didn't know how to use him. You know, I'm not saying me or you could have done a better job as head coaches or anything like that. Obviously, we're not. But, I mean, how many times were we looking at the screen? It's like, get the ball to rugs. You know, use him creatively. Use a screen. Use, you know, whatever it is you got to do to utilize that speed. He was basically just a decoy, if you really think about it. He, he wasn't really used up to his potential. But moving forward, he is the top guy you know at least we're hoping he's the top guy but at least for Higgins you're going to get that big play uh ability 
The other thing, too, is he's reliable, man. Just one drop in two seasons. That's pretty big. Yeah, so, that's fantastic. You know, and, and in defense of Ruggs a little bit, um, you know, it when we drafted him, we knew he was a developmental guy. Between him and yeah. CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, we knew that Ruggs was going to be more the developmental guy. And, uh, you know, frankly, you know, NFL wide receivers, for the most part, they make their jump in year two, right? And unfortunately mm-hmm. for Ruggs, both Lamb and Judy had – great years and so he's directly being compared to them and we saw Mari Cooper have a really good rookie year and so like yeah. but typically though when we see these guys it takes them a little bit and so I've got a lot of faith in Edwards and Rugs, and especially Edwards and I want to I, I said I was gonna let you go after this but let me ask you let me throw one more thing at you I've yeah. been saying all along when the Raiders drafted Edwards because like when the reason Going back to the draft last year, I was hoping they were going to draft Lamb. That was the guy that I wanted to see the Raiders mm-hmm. draft. We had our pick of wide receivers, and Lamb was the one I wanted them to grab. The reason why is that I felt Derek Carr misses more than anybody. He misses Michael Crabtree, and he misses uh, Andre Holmes and Jared Cook. When you look at all the touchdown passes Derek Carr threw in 2016, he threw yeah. so many back shoulder, fade like trust like 50 50 balls to those guys that were big they got vice grips for hands and they will go up and they will high point and challenge the defender to the football and come down with it and win like that is a like that's the prototype Derek Carr guy and then when they so when they didn't draft lamb and they got rugs I'm like oh man like I okay I like it that he's Cliff Branch 2.0 but that's not what Derek Carr like excels with is our, he, you know, look at what he does with Waller as a, as an example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then they draft Brian Edwards and I'm like, Oh, there's the guy. That's the guy. And when you watch Brian Edwards catching more touchdown passes than anybody in the history of South Carolina football, that's the kind of balls he's catching. He's high pointing. He's out jumping. He's six, three, he goes up, he high points and he bullies people to the football, but we didn't see that all year long until the Denver game. We finally yeah. saw that he like that back shoulder, you know, back of the end zone goes up or back of the end zone, but you know what I mean? On the side, almost to the back of the end zone goes up high points of football, snatches it out of the air, bullies the guy to the ground. And it was beautiful. And we're like, yes, like there it is. Finally. So do you think that, you know, can the Raiders are these two guys that said, like, are we, are we poised to see the jump? Are we, do you have faith in that these two guys that they drafted last year are going to take that next step this year? Well, if I'm John Gruden, I'm hoping. (laughs) (laughs) The problem though with uh, Edwards, he has the upside. I mean, we were all fans, writers, everybody, we were all super stoked when they picked Edwards. You know, he, like you said, I had that feeling too, as did my colleagues. That, okay, this is the guy. You know, he's the X slot. He's the X receiver. That's why somebody uh, pointed out earlier today on Twitter too that he is the X receiver. But the problem is he has to stay healthy. You know, one of my guys, uh, Cam Archer, wrote a great article uh, pleading that the Raiders take pick up uh, Robinson, Allen Robinson, which would be amazing. But here's the thing. It's like obviously you have the money issue. But then you also have, well, what do you do with Edwards? And does this mean you're necessarily giving up on him? You know, that's why I was trying to say that Ruggs and Edwards and Renfro are the guys moving forward. The problem is if you don't have, like, let's say a Perriman or Hagen, somebody to really command the attention of the defense, you're going to have everybody just collapse on Ruggs next season. You know, right, so then what do you right. do? Let's say Edwards still can't get on the field. 
Rugs, you know, he gets zeroed in on who's going to be your number one receiver. Hunter Renfro. I mean, you know, he, yeah, he's a slot no, guy. He's yeah. still going to run for, but he's not the number one wide receiver. You no. know? And I know a lot of people are not crazy on the Raiders spending any money on wide receiver, but it is what it is. You still need that option if Aguilar, like I said, if Aguilar has a reasonable contract, reasonable asking price, then why not bring him back? He clearly, you know, Carr trusts him. We saw that throughout this year. Bounce back. Just stick with Aguilar. Keep the chemistry going, you know, while Ruggs and Edwards – can come back and stay healthy and you have that going. Cause like, I mean, Derek Carr is going to be Derek Carr. He's going to do his thing. You know I mean? And we can all, whether he has wide receivers or not, we've seen that he's going to make the most of the situation. But if you really want to maximize it, then that's why I was preaching earlier that you, they should at the very least consider Perriman or Higgs. If Aguilar is not coming back. Absolutely, man. Great stuff. Mario, this has been awesome, man. I, I, I've, I've held you hostage now for almost 45 minutes. So thank <laughs> you. so, Man, it's been so long since we spoke. And uh, just thinking back to those times you joined us, you know, back a few years ago. Like, I remember yeah. it now. Like, me and Sonny would get off the phone with you and be like, man, we could talk to that guy all night. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So I, I appreciate your Raider insight, my friend, and continued success with the Raider Ramble. And tell everybody once again uh, how they can find you. Uh, well, like I said, if you want to find all of our content, you know, we have a lot of bunch of great writers, man. Been truly blessed. Uh, a lot of guys have come through those doors and we still have a great staff intact right now. So just go to RaiderRamble.com. Uh, you can check out all of our social media links there, all of our, our past archives. You can go look at our archives <laughs> from when I first came on board back in 2016 with you guys. Oh, nice. Uh, me, <laughs> me personally, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Mario Tovar. From there, you can find my links to all of the other sites that I write for. I mean, I'm really busy these days with Black Hole Banter, you know, Just Blog Baby, uh, NFL Mocks, too. I recently wrote uh, a Chargers mock out of all teams right there, too. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm also writing for that. Hey, you're not, <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not switching sides on us now, are you? No, no, of course not. You, no. don't, you, just, you stay over here on the dark side, man. Let's stay, this is, <laughs> let's stay over here with Raider Nation, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm also writing over there with uh, LA Football Network, too. I've been blessed. they got a great thing going on over there. Expanding my coverage, you know, I'm having a lot of fun uh, covering a lot of these prospects, so I figured, why not expand my palette, you know, grow as a writer? But as I tell every, like I like to tell everybody, you know, Raider Ramble's my first, you know, that's my, as Carlos likes to say, that's our baby, you know, that's right our, <laughs> that's yeah. our priority. That's so. your ride or die right there, right? Exactly. There yep. you go. Good deal, man. Well, awesome, man. Well, it's been a lot of fun talking to you again, Mario. We will not go three years uh, before the next time we talk to you. Let's maybe get <laughs> you back good, on uh, as we start headed into the draft. When you guys start okay, ramping good. up, start doing Anytime, a bunch of draft man. articles, we'll uh, we'll get yeah. you back on here for another Raiders Fan Radio conversation, okay? For sure, Mark. Thanks for having me back on, man. Absolutely, brother. Great talk to you, man. Have a great night. You too. See you, bud. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.